you are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach, and although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast. I'm excited for today's conversation because there are so many misconceptions going around about how to use social media for business. And so if you're in that loop of, you know, trying to just post and hope that someone contacts you and says they want to buy your stuff. Well, today's episode is for you. I want to welcome Amanda Cahole. Hopefully I said that correctly. She's the founder and digital strategist of The Wolf Company. She provides business owners with access to reputable resources, community connections, and trusted guidance education to start converting on social. Now, after working as a brand marketing manager in corporate, Amanda ventured on her own and took her love of digital marketing and she ran with it. From helping clients earn 10K from just two Instagram stories, 77,000 from one DM, and 28,000 social media in social media launches, Amanda has turned many personal brands and service-based businesses into cash cows. Her efforts have awarded her to RBC, Royal Bank Canada. I'm a Canadian. I know what RBC means. Women of Influence nominations and a bronze in the 2019 Canadian Marketing Associate Awards in the Customer Experience category. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you for having me. Mm. So I was saying, Amanda, ahead of time, I love it when I get to interview my fellow Canadians and entrepreneurs. I think sometimes people forget that there are entrepreneurs in Canada. We do have a voice. We do have experience in creating businesses. I mean, I love the concept of the American dream, but you can be Canadian too. (laughs) Absolutely. There's a few of us kicking around. (laughs) (laughs) So Amanda, this is your first time on the show. So I'd love for you to just take a little bit and uh, just share a bit of your business story with you. How did all these things come about? Yes. You know, and I'm going to try to condense it as much as possible because I feel like it's really been since day one of my career that, you know, the path that I'm on now was put in front of me. I just didn't know it at the time. Thank you for the lovely introduction. So I had worked in corporate for a really long time, and I thought that that was going to be what I was going to do. I was all about climbing that corporate ladder. I'm like, I'm going to be CEO of one of these big companies, probably in the tech sector. And that's what I'm going to do. That's going to be my career path. But as I was going through the motions, I never really felt quite fulfilled in Mm. corporate, especially for large corporations. There's a lot of red tape. And I like to do things a little bit differently. And we'll get into, you know, the way that I approach social in a little bit. 
but I'm not much of a rule follower. I like to experiment. I like to get my hands dirty and tinker around a little bit, especially in the digital space, because if there is a little bit of a mistake, you can simply delete it or you take that as lessons learned to optimize in the future. So after working in corporate for a while, I realized not for me. And I think I'm going to take my chances and run with my business. I had had a few clients while I was working in corporate, non-compete, no conflict of interest, of course. And I said, well, this isn't really enough for me to fully quit my job, but now is good as any day to just go for it and figure it out. Worst comes to worst, I'll find another job whatever that might be. And I'll go from there. So I quit my job at the end of 2020, actually, when we were in full pandemic swing, and I was off to the races. And it's a funny thing, when you let go of of stuff that's not working for you, the doors that open almost immediately, like next day, immediate or even same day, it's really an experience and an experiment in trusting yourself that you're doing the right thing and it's all going to work out. So I quit at the end of the year. Since we were in full pandemic swing, I looked over at my husband. We were living in Toronto at the time. And I was like, do we really want to be locked in this tiny condo for the next, I don't know how many lockdowns, because as you know, in Canada, we were really locked up. (laughs) I think it was seven times. (laughs) Well, I mean, think about it. Okay. I mean, what is every Canadian experience in winter? Flu and colds. Like it just runs through Canada throughout all winter. And then you add how virulent COVID was. I mean, we were just locked down all the time. My birthday's January 29th. So my 50th birthday, I had a Zoom call. My 51st birthday, I had my kids. Now, by my 52nd birthday, I went to a conference because I'm like, I need people. (laughs) I need something here. Yeah. So we we looked at each other and I put up the suggestion of how do you feel about going to Mexico for three months? Let's try three months to start and we can go from there. So we, we sold a bunch of our stuff. We put everything else that we wanted to keep in storage because we were ready to just go on an adventure. And I was like, when we come back, we'll, figure that out too. So we went to Mexico with the idea of only being there for three months. We ended up getting, and I say this in quotes, stuck in Mexico because all of the airlines were shut down. And I was like, well, no better place to be stuck. Let's continue this journey. We stayed there for six months total, made our way back to Canada and we're rocking and rolling. And it was in this time that we were living in Mexico that my business had really started to take off. Even at the beginning of COVID, it was starting to pick up because a lot of people who had brick and mortar stores were looking at how they could take their businesses online. And that's really where I focus. How do you build these communities online and how do you sell online through social media platforms? Not just how do I get 10,000 followers? It's how are we converting these followers into, you know, either super fans or paying customers or even referrals for our business. So it really started to take off in Mexico. And I realized in that time I had 
taken a unique approach because remember, I'm not a rule follower. I wanted to experiment with things. I was paying particular attention to the Instagram algorithm because there's a lot of gurus out there talking about how do you grow? How do you get more reach? How do you get more comments? I wanted to go a little bit deeper than that. And it's like, how do huge creators actually build borderline cult communities through social media and you know those spaces where it doesn't even matter what they're selling their communities are like i'm buying it i'm picking up what you're putting down so in this process i realized that no two algorithms are the same between any social media platform and we need to really be spending a lot more energy that we were told to put into Instagram content creation in the right mm. spaces. So I ended up categorizing social media platforms by those that were really good at getting organic reach and visibility, like a TikTok, a LinkedIn, a YouTube, a Pinterest, and then those platforms that were really good at cultivating community and converting, like an Instagram or like a Facebook group even email marketing. So knowing that I went off and I experimented with this. I'm not going to post to my Instagram feed for the next two months. I'm only going to post in my Instagram stories and I want to see what happens. Will I still be right? Will I still be able to get that reach? Will I still be able to get the same engagement? And the first week or so it was a little rocky. My community was used to me posting every day and after that, I put in my bio, you know, daily tips in stories, daily content in stories, no longer posting to the feed. So it was a redirect and almost cut off a source. And the next thing I knew, my stories were blowing up. People who were following me on stories started sending that content to their friends. And I was growing that way through word of mouth. That is, love it. I love it. I loved how you just decided to redefine and you don't, your experiment. I mean, that's, isn't that the true heart of an entrepreneur? Yeah. You can't, you cannot be afraid to experiment and make mistakes, pick yourself back up again and keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I was growing a lot by posting to my feed. The algorithm was a little bit different at that time. It's, it's pretty difficult to get organic mass reach on Instagram right now. But as I said earlier, it's such a great platform for cultivating those yeah. communities. The DM section on Instagram is fantastic. Instagram stories is a great place to not only share high value content, but a lot of behind the scenes. But this not only came from my curiosity of what would happen if I started to experience a little bit of burnout because of the growth of my business, the unexpected growth. And I was like, I don't really have time to be spending creating content for the feed. What do I have capacity for that I can actually show up for on a regular basis that isn't taking all this energy and adding more stress? And I was like, all right, Instagram stories is it. I found it very low lift to, you know, physically lift up my phone and just talk to it. But that content didn't have to be perfect. And I discovered in that, that audiences were craving that kind of reality TV. I'm on FaceTime with a friend vibe opposed to we're making this look perfect and aesthetic mm -hmm. and not telling the full story. Yeah. Yeah. Something interesting you noted was the algorithms are different for each platform. I'm predominantly on LinkedIn. 
And they've been going through a lot of algorithm changes lately. And I've been reading up on a lot of it. And, you know, their focus, they're actually taking the focus away from what they consider viral content. And they're actually now going back to a more, they're looking for more professional content, you know, because everyone was saying, oh, don't do articles because, you know, but the truth is that's what LinkedIn wants. They created this new creator mode so that you could do these articles so that you could be providing this information so that you could present yourself in a professional way so you could share things. So it's interesting to see how each platform has its specialness. And I think that's one of the misconceptions. Would you agree is that you can't post the same thing to every platform? Yeah, you can actually post in quotes, the same thing to every platform, but it's still sliced and diced according to that space. And I love that you mentioned LinkedIn articles. So in all of this experimentation that eventually led to my signature strategy and method, which I call the Instasite, I realized that, you know, if I were to Google your name, Kim, and you've got an optimized profile on LinkedIn. You also have an Instagram, you got a TikTok, you got a Facebook, all the socials. The first thing that pops up when I Google your name is your LinkedIn profile Mm -hmm. over your website, over any articles you were featured in, because out of all these social media platforms, it is the most credible. It leaves a paper trail. So even if people aren't using LinkedIn on a regular basis to create new content daily, they can still have a very strong online presence just by optimizing their bio on LinkedIn. And as as they finally get more capacity to add more platforms and show up in that space, they can go and engage as well, create articles because those articles are fantastic for SEO and those show up in search as well. And you can then slice and dice that content and create other pieces according to you know, the formats of other platforms. Yeah, uh, that's wonderful. Like, because most people don't think of LinkedIn as, you know, the place to go. But if that's what Google's showing first, and we all know that whatever Google shows first, the tendency is to click on the thing that Google shows us first. Yeah, you want to have that strong profile, uh, you know, at least a good strong profile and a bit of content at least something Mm -hmm. like even if you're only posting once a week, just something relatively current on there, because there's nothing worse when you look at someone's LinkedIn profile, and they haven't like posted in like a year. Yeah, yeah. Or don't have any articles pinned to their page or as as featured content. Even that like goes hand in hand with I would say optimizing your LinkedIn bio is put up at least three articles and Mm -hmm. let those circulate in the background and work for you without you having to be physically present all the time. So, and that's kind of like what I love so much about this new approach to social that I have is it's really letting the content work for you. It's almost automating your content because Mm -hmm. if you look at my Instagram firsthand, you'd be like, she only has 21 posts on there because I've built this Insta site, which is like a website, but for Instagram. And the reason for that, most people are, it's about 40% of people now are going to Instagram or TikTok for their initial search. 
of a brand business or product over the Googler. So why not create that search experience over on socials, which is what the Insta site yeah. is. So only have about 21 posts. And at first glance, you'd be like, oh, she hasn't been active on her feed in quite some time. But my stories are constantly going and I've paired my Instagram with the traffic driving in an organic reach platform such as TikTok that is driving all my traffic and new followers over to my Instagram page. So it's working in the background. And the beautiful thing about a platform like LinkedIn and TikTok, Pinterest, YouTube, the shelf life of those posts is years. And yeah. they'll keep circulating. Whereas Instagram, I swear we're at like three hours now. <laughs> the post kind of just goes off into the distance somewhere. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they just don't have enough storage. So they have to just keep deleting stuff so the new stuff can go in. I don't know what's going on over there because they're just, I don't even think Instagram realizes their superpower of how they have created an entire online culture on their own, their own language, but the ability for them to create communities and convert. I really feel, and this is my you know, advice that Instagram didn't ask for, they should really be targeting business owners and really treat Instagram more as a visual direct directory for businesses. And, you know, they're already getting people to pay for the verification badge. It really should be businesses that are paying for that. And they'll spend money on ads. There's a whole bunch of opportunities there, but they still go under the guise that they're this great space for creators and you can go viral and you can get reach, which is simply not even how the algorithm works. Yeah. So on that note, let's let's talk more because I know you've come prepared with some of the common misconceptions. We've talked about a few, but I'm going to let you loose for a few minutes to share what you've prepared for us today. <laughs> well, the biggest common misconception is that you need to post every single day. And we have touched on that a little bit. You know, me mentioning that your content can work for you in the background. It's really about understanding what am I doing on each of these spaces? I don't need to do everything that these platforms give me the ability to do. But if I am blinders on hyper-focused on, you know, doing stories on Instagram and responding to my DMs, that's what I'm doing over there. But over on TikTok or LinkedIn, if I'm treating that as my content creation platform, that is what I'm focused on. And that is my goal is putting out high value content that I want to drive to my other online spaces, wherever that might be, whether it's Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, email, you name it. So you do not need to post every day. It's about understanding where you can actually get the desired outcome that you're looking for. Because if it is reach and you are looking for virality, you've got to go over to a platform like TikTok that can get it to you overnight. I've never seen an algorithm like Talks in my life before. Even their For You page is so specific. I don't know how they know that I would like some of those things because I've never said them out loud before. <laughs> it's like really freaking well, out. I've never gone on TikTok because of the fact of, and I suspect they're partially true, how much information that 
app takes from your phone about you that in the background. So that's been a reason why I haven't used TikTok because I'm kind of like, yeah, do I really want China having all of my information? No, but I will also tell you Instagram and Facebook have it too. I know. So I know they all they're all doing something behind the scenes. So it's really freaky how specific the TikTok algorithm is. But it could be an incredible opportunity for business owners to find their ideal client and find their ideal audience because TikTok is so good at knowing, okay, you're in this location, you primarily serve other Canadians or, you know, wherever you are in the world, we're going to show your content to people who have expressed interest in similar types of content and they do it within 24 hours. So it's quite quick where you can spend years and years building that type of reach and community over on a space like Instagram. So that's my first, you know, common misconception is you do not need to post every single day. It's being mindful of what are the goals and where can you actually get those outcomes from instead of trying to be on this hamster wheel of doing all the things that's just going to lead you to burnout at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, The other one, and this is kind of, you know, off of that topic is that you have to be on every single social media platform, right? For a lot of small business owners, it's just not possible for you to barely handle one. It's a, it's a lot. It is. They're high maintenance. Let me tell you, they are not that down for anything friend. Like these are high maintenance platforms that you really need to prep with a lot of information and, you know, timelines and all that kind of stuff. So you don't need to be on every single platform. You really have to ask yourself at the end of the day, what do I have capacity to show up for and to show up really well? That's the first question. Mm -hmm. And what platforms actually complement my communication style? So if you can't tell from our conversation, I love video. I love talking. Like you let me loose. I don't know how loose you want me to go because I could talk for days about this. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. <laughs> but I'm not so fond of writing. So I tend to lean towards platforms that complement the way that I like to communicate because my community can then feel that energy from me. And it's much easier for me to create in spaces that I'm excited to create for instead of going, Oh, geez, oh, I have to do this. I don't have to do that. You know, so you don't need to be on every single platform. If you have got one platform that is working as the traffic driver and bringing you reach and visibility. So let me list off a few that you could choose from TikTok, LinkedIn, Pinterest, What else did I say in there? YouTube. Yes, YouTube, your blog and your website can really work for that too. And then you've got one platform that is working to nurture, build that community and convert like an Instagram, a Facebook group, email marketing, or even taking folks off of the socials and into a chat community like a Voxer or a Telegram Geneva, there's tons of those platforms, even Facebook group, a private Facebook group, subscription-based Patreon things. You're cooking with peanut oil. You just need two platforms that are complementary, one from each category, and you can see a lot of success from that. You don't need to spread yourself so thin or feel like you need to force content in areas that you're just not interested in. And 
the message will never come out the way that you intend that way anyways. Yeah, you see, I'm the opposite than you. Give me something to read. I don't want to watch videos because they take too long to get to the point. I want to get to the point and move on. And (laughs) that's one of the reasons why I like LinkedIn. Now, funny enough, that being said, I mean, I do do the podcast in video and, you know, audio format, but my preferred is always has been writing. But I recognize as a business owner that, you know, there's different forms of media for a reason. There's people who are visuals. So visuals tend to be videos and readers. Now I'm not as much a a video person, but I definitely am a reader. You've got, you know, podcasts for people who are audio, you know, you've got communities for those who are kinesthetic, who need to do something. Right. So with me, with the podcast, it was, okay, this is a form of content that I can put out in several different forms And, you know, I'm in the process of now going to be repurposing some of this content. We will have, well, this episode, I think is going to come out in October, but recording it in July. But in August, we celebrate the fourth, we celebrated the 400th episode of the podcast. So I got a lot of content I can, um, I can share out there. But I think what you said there is key is, you know, have the one platform that drives the traffic and then have a place to send them to. Love the fact that you mentioned more than just Facebook groups. The thing with Facebook groups is, is that Facebook owns them. Mm -hmm. And I have been in Facebook jail before. Mm -hmm. They still didn't tell me why they locked me up. They refused to tell me why they locked me up, but they locked me up for several days. So for me, I'd rather not, if I'm going to drive them somewhere, I'm either going to drive them to email or I'm going to create my own community outside of social media because I don't want to take the risk that you build this group of thousands and thousands of people. And then all of a sudden Facebook goes, I don't like you anymore and shut you down. And that happened to me, my Instagram account, as I was growing, my Instagram account was disabled six times in the height of my growth. But I had luckily been bringing people onto my email list and into my membership community And it didn't even matter that I didn't have an Instagram page at first because the referrals were still coming in and I was able to communicate with my community. Uh, But at the end of the day, I was like, I have to get this back because I teach people about Instagram. And this is like going to a dentist with no teeth. It doesn't make sense. So I need to have a profile. (laughs) And I think I told Instagram that in one of the, the tickets and my pleas to get it back. And that might have been the reason why I got the account back. We don't know. <laughs> Makes sense. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. I love that you talked about repurposing content, though, because that would be my, this is my third and final misconception is that we think we need to create new for every single platform. Pick one platform, whether that is podcast, if you're doing long form video, even short form video, get it transcribed, or vice versa, take that text and create video content or visual posts from it, and slice and dice and redistribute across whatever social media platforms you're using. Yeah. And there's this wonderful little tool called Canva. Yes. And and if you're willing to pay for it, I don't know about the free, okay, because I'm a business, I pay for it. But I think I only pay $17 a month. So it's not like it's a huge expense. But they have this wonderful little feature called 
resize. So, you know, if you got this nice vertical thing and you need this nice square one, you just hit resize and you put the size you want. Now you might have to readjust things just a little bit, you know, move them around a little bit, but you don't have to recreate it. It's just, oh, three minutes. Beautiful. Like, oh, I've got my vertical. I've got my square. I've got my banner. And, you know, it took me 15 minutes. <laughs> You're off to the races. It's a beautiful thing. I will tell you, uh, bring an app to your attention, which might be great for repurposing your podcast content. It's called Munch, and it's an AI tool that will take your video content and they will pull out the key points and key clips for you. You just need to add the prompts of I'm looking for 10, 30 second clips of the topics that are most relevant in this discussion or the key points that were discussed throughout this podcast. Can you do that for me much? And it'll spit out the videos for you. You'll have the closed captions on there. It's fantastic. It's also a paid tool, but worth it if you are doing a podcast, you've got 400 episodes to, to get through and to repurpose. So it's worth it. It's, it's better than paying for a video editor and someone to go through that content manually. Okay. So you're not God, Amanda, but I think you just saved me like. (laughs) (laughs) Something that's been like, I'm like, I do not have time for this. So is it M-U-N-C-H, Munch? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I am going to be checking this out as soon as we get off this because I'm like, oh, that's just like my brain is like, I like that idea. Just just upload and let something else do the work for me. I can handle that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just video clips. They'll pull the audio for you, too, if you wanted to have audio running in the background of some B-roll behind the scenes video, whatever it is. So. It's really powerful. I think it's $50 a month or something like that. But you would be, you would be paying a video editor like 50 bucks an hour to do it. So uh, yeah. And just like any AI, it takes a little bit of tinkering with the prompts, but I've been so impressed with how quickly a platform like ChatGPT, for example, has been able to capture and understand my brand voice to now spit out content that actually sounds like me. You want to hear something crazy? I can't get on chat GPT. What's happening? You have to create an account and open an AI, which I did. You have to now confirm your cell phone number. I keep putting them in my cell phone number and they tell me it's not a cell phone number. Oh, geez. So it won't let me access chat GPT. I'm like, now to be honest, I don't, actually use it for much because as a writer I do believe in authenticity of voice and you know I don't use it actually to create my content I do use it though in the podcast to help with podcast notes pulling out main points things like that so I have AI type softwares that I do that for because I do Mm -hmm. believe you know if you want to position yourself as that authority your voice is very important but Mm -hmm. we've got a Three or four minutes left, Amanda. And I just want to, we're going to shift gears because you had mentioned that you're writing a book. So I want to take a couple of minutes there. So first of all, tell us, do you have a current working title and what's it about? We have no title. It is the book with no name currently. <laughs> but I always find even when I'm creating my digital products and programs, the name always comes last and it comes yeah. to me in a dream. And it's this really like, 
beautiful experience, if you will. Sounds a little bit weird. Out of the blue when you're least expecting it. Yeah, you know, I'm doing something. This isn't a convenient time, but okay, I'll I'll take it. So it's interesting because writing is not my strong suit, yet writing a book. How I've been going about it is actually voice to text approach. So I'll do a lot of, you know, note to self kind of (laughs) vibes happening over here. And that's how I've been able to get a lot of my ideas out. And how I'm utilizing ChatGPT is similar to you. It's mostly for optimizations and editing and, you know, reviewing for spelling and grammar. Even though I've got the Grammarly plugin, I love to use ChatGPT primarily to look at it from a digital lens. How can this be optimized and edited for an online space as opposed to, you know, the physical space? So I'm writing this book and it's all about my approach to social media and my fascination with algorithms, patterns, and online behaviors that lead to these borderline cult-like communities. I'm just so fascinated and I've learned so much by being a part of other communities that I want to talk about it. And I want to help business owners really understand that they don't need to spend 12 hours a day just on their social media. Let's get you back in your business and the social media piece, you're focused on a very specific outcome, no matter what platform you're using. So that's what the book is going to be about. I have no idea for a title. As I said, I'm sure it'll come to me at a really inconvenient time. (laughs) Yeah. Something like cult following social media, an insider view of... (laughs) But I know people don't think that like I am a cult leader, you know? <laughs> so I gotta be I gotta be careful about it. But this really what's happening on the online space is these little cults. That's what they are. It's wild. <laughs> so Amanda, as we start to close out, I would love for you to share one final thought. And then if people have really enjoyed this episode, how can they connect with you? Yes. Obviously, so- it's one of them. Yes, obviously, obviously. My one final thought is if you have got an idea that you've been sitting on, start putting it out there in whatever way you can. If that is voice to text, if it is writing, if you want to go and create content around it, do it. The online opportunities are endless right now. And the sooner you can get yourself familiar with the space, it's only going to lead to more opportunities down the road, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're working for a corporation. And if you want to find me online, you can find me on Instagram, the wolf with an E dot CO or my TikTok, which is my full name, Amanda Kohal. Some thank you so much. And if you've enjoyed this episode, just a quick reminder, share it out. If you know someone, like if, if we've had this conversation and you're like, oh, Amanda or Kim really needs to see this, do me a favor, share it out. Just a little way that you can bless me for all the work that we put in to make this podcast a great one for you. So this has been Amanda Cole and Kim Thompson-Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. 
the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.